Hello, this is Saeed Uzzaman from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 27th of June. A Trinamool Congress member was shot dead and five others were injured today in a clash between the TMC and BJP workers at Dinhata in West Bengal's Kooch Bihar district, the Indian Express reported. Trinamool Congress accused BJP members of opening fire at TMC workers. The BJP refuted the allegations. The shootout took place in the early hours of Tuesday at Jerry Dharla area in Dinhata, close to India-Bangladesh border. The police are yet to determine the cause of the clash, Gooch Bihar Superintendent of Police Sumit Kumar told ETV Bharat. This episode is the most recent in a string of violent incidents that have killed 11 persons in the state since the three-tier panchayat election nomination process began on 9th of June. The Calcutta High Court has directed the West Bengal State Election Commission to ask for the deployment of over 82,000 Central Forces personnel during the Panchayat polls. Today, Mumbai police booked Shiv Sena UBT MLC Anil Parab and four others for allegedly assaulting and threatening a BMC official, PTI reported. Assistant Civic Engineer at BMC, Ajay Patil had reportedly led a Shiv Sena Shaka demolition. He was reportedly beaten and threatened with terrible repercussions by Parab and others. The development was confirmed by the Deputy Commissioner of Police, Dikshit Gedam. The incident took place when Parab and other Shiv Sena UBT members had gathered at BMC's H East Ward office on Monday to protest against the demolition of their party office. The CCTV footage of the incident was widely circulated on social media. Police also apprehended Sada Parab, Haji Alim, Uday Dalvi and Santosh Kadam for assaulting the BMC official. Meanwhile, the police are also searching for other attackers. Nearly 70,000 Indians surrendered their passports between 2011 and 2022, said a report on the Indian Express. The report cited the government's reply to a right to information application. Natives of eight states, including Goa, Punjab, Gujarat, Maharashtra, Kerala, Tamil Nadu, Delhi and Chandigarh, accounted for over 90% of the surrendered documents. At least 69,303 passports have been turned in through RPOs since 2011. The figure represents a small portion of the Indian citizenship that has been relinquished. Nearly 16.21 lakh people gave up their Indian citizenship between 2011 and 31st of October 2022, MEA Minister of State V. Mullidharan has shared with the Parliament in March this year. Goa office recorded the highest percentage of surrendered passports. 28,031 or 40.45% out of total of 69,303. Gujarat was the next state on the list, with 9,557 or 13.79% passports surrendered at the offices in Amritsar, Jalandhar and Chandigarh. Dual citizenship is not permitted for people of Indian descent under Indian law. The Indian passport must be turned in by anyone who obtains a passport from another nation. Listeners, at around 8am on June 17th, Amruta and her husband Yadaya were accosted outside their local church by eight members of a congregation. Amruta told the News Minute they were accused of practicing witchcraft. Amruta and Yadaya, both Madiga Christians, were tied to a tree in the middle of the village and assaulted for nearly eight hours. The group first assaulted the couple outside the church and then took them to the Gram Panchayat office where a larger crowd had gathered. The residents of the village then tied the couple along with another Madiga Christian resident falsely accused of practicing witchcraft by their feet to a tree and beat them repeatedly with sticks and stones from around 8am to 4.30pm. The torture ended only when the police intervened at around 5pm. You can go to newslaundry.com and read the full report by Anjana Minakshi titled Witchcraft and Prejudice, why a Dalit Christian couple was beaten for 8 hours in Telangana. 
we have been able to bring you such reports because we are funded by you and not by corporations or the government. Your support is all we ask for. If you aren't a subscriber already, become one today. Subscribe to newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. Our subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. Today, Assam and Tripura received final nod from the World Bank Board of Executive Directors for $391 million in funding for welfare projects. The fund will be utilized to increase access to high-quality healthcare services and economic prospects in the two states. The World Bank has granted $251 million to the Assam State Secondary Healthcare Initiative for Service Delivery Transformation Project. The project is aimed at increasing access to high-quality secondary healthcare services in Assam and directly benefits at least 1.8 million people. The project will improve the treatment of non-communicable disease while expanding access to newborn care services. As part of the initiative, up to 10 lower-level institutions in crucial districts will be upgraded to district hospitals and nurses and healthcare managers' count will be strengthened to improve service delivery. Funds worth $140 million have been granted to the Tripura Rural Economic Growth and Service Delivery Project to foster socio-economic growth. The project will also enhance the standard of living for 1,42,000 households in tribal blocks. All-weather roads will be built on over 400 kilometers of rural roads, giving those residing in steep and forested areas better access to markets. Additionally, the World Bank said 75,000 households will see an improvement in the standard of living on the back of climate-smart agriculture initiatives. By expanding student enrollment and enhancing teacher training, the project will also make an investment in the learning outcomes for secondary school students. Russian authorities today said that they have dropped all charges against Yevgeny Prigozhin or any other participant in the armed uprising that was headed by the mercenary leader, NPR reported. Prigozhin's brief insurrection, which saw Wagner men seize a military station in southern Russia and advance within 125 miles of Moscow, came to a stop on Saturday. The uprising was halted following a compromise mediated by President Vladimir Putin and Prigozhin. Even though President Vladimir Putin had branded Prigozhin and his troops as traitors, the Kremlin promised over the weekend to not bring charges against them. The penalty for organizing an armed revolt is up to 20 years in prison. The fact that Prigozhin avoided charges contrasts sharply with how the Kremlin has been treating individuals organizing anti-government demonstrations. Numerous opposition members in Russia have been given lengthy prison sentences and are currently incarcerated in colonies known for brutal living conditions. Early on Tuesday, the Russian Defense Ministry also declared that Wagner forces were getting ready to turn over the group's heavy hardware or ostensibly military hardware to Russian army. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. News Laundry is possible because of our paying subscribers. We don't run on corporate or government ads. You too can be part of changing the news model. Go to newslaundry.com slash subscription. Be a part of the community that pays to keep news independent. For the smoothest News Laundry experience, download our app, watch our shows, listen to our podcasts, read our reports, stay informed, pay for news, protect democracy, save the world.